0: Today on Comtalk, we're talking about Lovecraftian fiction and all the interesting things about it.
1: Glicks, what is going on? We are receiving a signal from a new area on the planet,
0: Eagle. All right, let's see what the planet has for us today. Opening forms in 3, 2, 1. hello internet welcome to calm talk by geek devotions i'm dallas so glad you guys hit the play button today um we're super excited to have you guys join us for episode 124 with me is my beautiful bride
1: celeste we're so glad that you have listened to us today do us a favor and uh
0: that's the outro
1: that's the outro <laughs> i'm just winging it
0: we're just winging it we're just gonna go with it this yeah, is calm talk
1: this is calm talk we don't we don't cut these things out people love us for this
0: apparently, apparently. is this where, just, where i talk this is where John talks now.
1: <laughs> John just jumps in and saves us from our our random
0: babbling.
2: Hey, I'm used to going live on all my shows. I <laughs> I'm like, "Hey,
0: let's kill this before it starts to grow legs. It's getting awkward in here." So, John?
1: I'm just picturing legs like growing and that's bad.
2: <laughs> uh, you should wait till you hear the next two couple episodes of uh, Playing Games with Strangers. Oh no. Oof. <laughs> People, legs are growing.
0: Oh, oh no! no. <laughs> oh man. Well, we're glad to have you here, John. Uh, like I said in our intro, we're talking about Lovecraftian fiction. If you guys don't know, uh, it is Cthulhuary here at Geek Devotions. Cthulhuary. What is Cthulhuary, Celeste?
1: Cthulhu- the way you said that, though, Cthulhuary that- is. i don't know what's happening anymore (laughs) Cthulhuary is the month where we take a look at all low craftian fiction in its many forms such as books movies games anime maybe anime
0: yeah so uh but this is uh, partially inspired by our good friend john here
1: it was his idea
0: it's my birthday
2: month so I, I i called in some favors you know <laughs> so if ever, anybody's offended by anything this month i'll take it
0: okay yeah sorry send all your hate mail to john at care.com.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and i will proceed to put that in the round file thank
1: you so much <laughs> for your interest goes to the blue room
0: the blue room oh my gosh so um john here is our our resident lovecraftian expert and uh, he's been into lovecraftian fiction John, can you define Lovecraftian fiction for us? Uh, uh,
2: basically, I mean, in its loosest terms, Lovecraftian fiction would be any fiction that would pertain to the creative universe that was set up by H.P. Lovecraft. Um, some people would refer to it as cosmic horror mm-hmm. um, or other people would call it uh, strange fiction fiction. Okay. Uh either tag would work for it, but right. u- usually it involves something to the effect of some sort of forbidden knowledge that ancient civilizations had known and was lost over the course of time and some modern or modern to the point of the era that the fictions being written in uh individual stumbles across it or there's some ancient cult that still practices the ancient the forbidden knowledge or whatever mm-hmm. but usually the main characters are left in a different state by the end of the story usually not a good one right um <laughs> uh if anything is left at all, depending on how the story ends, I suppose. So yeah, there's a lot of, there's not a lot of hope in these Lovecraftian fictions. No. And I think that's, I think that's really what kind of drew me into it. Not hopelessness, but you know, when you walk into a story knowing that there's a 95 to 99% chance that there's going to be a happily ever after that it's not really a high-stake situation, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I've I've made my way through a lot of movies, saying, "Yeah, okay, well, they're not going to put this out there if they're just going to kill off the protagonist, or the, the situation's an- going to end up being resolved happily at the end." Right, um, and so for me, H.P. Lovecraft, I mean, things could go either way in any. In any kind of Lovecraftian stories, and half the time the happy ending still isn't that happy, right? So, it, it strikes me as being a little bit more true to reality than standard fiction,
0: mm-hmm. which is interesting because um, you know we're, we're Christians here at Geek Devotions, and there's a you know when you bring up the conversation of of hopelessness and you bring a conversation of of media that is not based in, in any form of real godliness because Lovecraft himself was um, atheist or agnostic. He was, he was, uh, he, okay. So he was raised as a Christian.
2: Uh, he kind of ventured into agnosticism and ended as an atheist.
0: Right. So, I mean, this guy has very little hope, hope in this guy at all. And then you bring also vocabulary of, of cosmic horror. Like these are all like, like, average um christian listeners christians who are out there they're like why are you partaking in any of this stuff whatsoever um you know that that's raises some good question because there are there there are legitimate things that we're some people you're opening doors to and you're feeding you're you're legitimately feeding terrible things into your spirit man why john do you feel like it's okay for you as because again i feel like this really is individuals why is it okay for you to partake in cosmic horror and and stuff that is hopeless
2: um well like i said it, it really it feels more grounded in a realistic it feels more realistic to me mm-hmm. i guess uh um because sometimes it's well for one let me let me go ahead and address the question as Asked first, uh, I you know I have a mental separation between what I know to be fiction and what I perceive as reality. Sure, uh, same way that you know I'm watching cartoons, and you know I watch Wiley Coyote because those Roadrunner cartoons were my favorite. You <laughs> watch, you watch, you watch Wiley Coyote constantly. Bang his head literally sometimes against a wall trying to catch this roadrunner. Right. His situation is hopeless. He never right. catches the roadrunner. Right. But we can still find entertainment from it, obviously. And that's what Lovecraftian fiction for me is it's just another source of entertainment. Granted, it has a little bit more of a bleak tone to it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, not everybody wants sunshine and rainbows for their fiction, you know, right. that's, that's not, that's not necessarily everybody's reality. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it, my, my other, my outside of movies and fiction, you know, obviously I'm the, I'm kind of the music guy here mm-hmm. and in the Greek geek devotions team, there's a Christian band that just put out only one album before they broke up called outer circle And they have they have a song called It Must Be Wonderful. And the the opening verse to it says, explaining time again, the question, the defense, how come he never smiles? Why hide your happiness? There's a season to laugh. There's a season to cry. I'm just living my life with respect to my times. Mm. And so basically, you know, so to break it down, why do I feel okay consuming lovecraftian fiction or cosmic horror and it's just it it feels more realistic to my perspective of things that i've lived through in life as far as you know things aren't happy all the time the good guy doesn't always win and you know when i'm reading fiction if i'm gonna get you know the good guy wins every time and everybody's happy all after the circumstances, Mm -hmm. you know, it, it just, there's a certain insincerity to it that just irritates me, I guess. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, as far as in contrast to my faith, you know, I don't know. I, I, I guess I, it just comes down to personal convictions. I don't feel convicted about it. I don't feel convicted reading about most fictional things just because I know, it's not true, right? Whereas you know, my only limitations on the fiction that I consume is that you know I don't want to watch na- watch or read about naked people getting their grind on with each other. That that that's that's my line right there. <laughs> uh, and so there's the line. It, so it it may it it may be a situation where you know what with, with what Paul's talking about food that was sacrificed to idols, right? Um, where if someone has a conviction about it, follow that conviction. If you don't have a conviction about it, participate, you know, partake in it with thankfulness, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, so yeah, I, I guess I, uh, that that's my overdrawn, overly thought out response that probably answered nothing.
1: Well, so here's a, a question to kind of further that conversation. How do you balance the bleakness of Lovecraftian fiction with the hopefulness that we find in Christ in your life? Because like for me personally, I have to, if I'm reading something very dark or very bleak, I have to do other things that are not Mm. quite so much um, just to keep myself in a in the right mindset Mm. of not just being bleak and and grim about everything so just how do you how do you balance
0: and before you do I want, I want to point this out here too i have i have a friend who um they definitely deal with some major mental health issues of depression and anxiety and stuff like that but all they feed themselves and maybe you'll touch on this yourself all they feed themselves is these darker um and oftentimes over over the edge violent and horror-based and some stuff uh, dealing with demonic. That's like that's all they consume. Uh, they're not in their word. They're not watching. They're not. Uh, they're not in church very often anymore. And that's all they consume. And I've seen them get darker over the years. So how do you bounce all this stuff out as a fan of the genre, and a a devoted devoted Christian? <laughs>
2: Uh, th- th- this is gonna this is gonna sound so edge, Lord. i live in the bleak
0: <laughs>
2: uh, I, but really i i do a lot a lot of the stuff that that i read and listen to and watch you, you could all be looked at as being bleak but i mean i guess it's just i guess what it just comes down to is that you know i don't i don't eat just candy i like candy but I don't mm-hmm. only eat candy. And so it's kind of like with Lovecraftian fiction, I enjoy Lovecraftian fiction, but it's not the only thing that I consume. You know, yeah. I, I read my Bible daily, you mm-hmm. know, um, there's other, you know, I, when I watch TV, you know, most people would probably think that I watch stuff like, you know, the X files or, um, the exorcist tv show that's on fox or whatever but really mm-hmm. whenever i'm watching tv i'm just watching food competitions <laughs> <laughs> i mean that that's my jam I, I watch a lot of cutthroat kitchen a lot of master chef um stuff like that so i mean it's it's not the only thing i consume and there's other variations of lovecraftian fiction that it isn't so bleak in and of itself um so, I mean, it, it it's not necessarily just the bleak that that brings me to it too. Mm-hmm. Really, I I'm I'm fascinated by the strange and bizarre. Is yeah. ultimately is ultimately what it comes down to right. if 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 there's some fringe on it, you know, if there's something that's just far that out show. there. <laughs> I mean, if but I mean if there's something that's just like far out there, you know, it's it's going to attract me to it. And, uh, you know, when we start getting into other Lovecraftian fiction that I enjoy, you know, I'm going to end up talking about there's some weird stuff out there that deals with these Lovecraftian ideas, but they come from it in such an angle where it's not so dour to the person who's who's consuming it. So
1: good example. Howard Lovecraft and the Frozen Kingdom. Yeah. (laughs) Which was.
2: Yeah, which was just the uh, geek devotion that came out on the the tube
0: of views <laughs> this week.
1: It was so cute.
0: It was fun. There was actually a guy who commented on that on Facebook. He's like, we're and fiction for kids. I just don't feel like this should exist. I was like, "Yet it does. And it's, it's like adorable. It's like Christian horror movies. It is a thing.
1: It is a thing.
0: I think that still trips people out. Like things like Ted Decker and all those cats. Like I, I think people would generally struggle with that. I'm, I knew people. I'll put this out there because I, you've hit it on the nail. I think there's a lot of it. It's the balance of your own personal life. If, if all you consume is this, yeah, it's bad for you. <laughs> but sometimes it's not. And some people they have they are predisposed to opening doors that are not good for them. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like example. I I do not drink alcohol. It's not a thing I do for 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 several reasons. One, I'm contracted under contract not to drink Two, my uh i come over from a family that has issues with alcoholism and some violent alcoholism i'm not going to open that door to my family and to and to what's in in my household so i'm just not going to do that and there are some things that are legitimately demonic uh i we are not busting out the ouija board i'll let that sucker on fire uh (laughs) you know but there is a balance in your life of going are you walking with Christ? Are you reading your Bible? And I think he'll give you some sensitivity for yourself on what to do and not to do. But I had some friends who were so hardcore about this like anti anything that seemed dark, period. Uh <laughs> you're gonna laugh at this. I, I knew a guy who refused to go watch um um Lion Witch in the wardrobe. Refused to. In fact, he said that we were. It was inappropriate for us to go and support the film, because why would we go to see a film about witches? It's either using magic. It's demonic. We shouldn't do it. And I, we. Sh-
1: I heard that argument when that movie came out too.
0: <laughs> oh. And I was like, you, you, you do know that it's written by a Christian. It's a Christian allegory. He's like, why is he got to use magic? I really question that this guy really had, had a faith. I'm like, bro, this is like he, he's written some of your textbooks. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm resisting the urge to choke the air right now. <laughs> Here, here's the thing. I re, I'm i a respecter of all individual convictions. Sure. I, I believe that the Holy Spirit gives us convictions, not because it's across the board wrong to do, but mm-hmm. you you have convictions because going that route in some way, shape, or form can lead you to doing other things that you ought not to do. Sure. Um, so convictions are personal commandments are are across the board. That's mm-hmm. my perspective on the topic. It's when people start to try to establish their convictions as commandment for everybody else that I start to take issue. And I am very much against that. And not only am I against that, I'm also against people who do that without even knowing what they're talking about. Mm. Ignorance, the pro- <laughs> See, the problem is, is that the world perceives the church to be people, uh, people who act in ignorance that exist on catchphrases and platitudes that they don't even understand themselves Mm. Um, in the whole, I'm trying to do this without bringing up political issues, but I don't, I don't, (laughs) I don't know that I can. So I'm going to preface this by saying that geek devotions The the comments that are about to come out of my mouth are not necessarily the viewpoints held by Geek Devotions or myself or anybody else involved (laughs) and are being used purely for illustrative purposes. There we go. That said... I remember reading an uh, editorial in a newspaper once where it was dis- where gay marriage was the big topic that was being discussed and they were discussing it with everybody. Then all of a sudden they had a Christian interviewed on there. And the only soundbite they got from him was in the beginning, it was Adam and Eve and not Adam and Steve. Oh, I remember that soundbite. And that was the only that was the only And he thought he was pretty clever throwing that out there. I'm like, dude, you have people from the other side of this argument who are giving intellectual, well thought structured arguments. And you're just going to throw out some stupid idiom that means nothing to nobody and will change nobody's mind using no logic. And that's the way that the world sees Christian thought process when it comes to thinking through why they believe what they believe. So, you know, it, it just slays me bringing it back to the topic at hand when Christians will be like, Oh, well, you can't be a Christian and enjoy horror or you can't be a Christian and like extreme metal or you know, run down the gamut of how many, you know, especially in Christian geekdom, how many people have heard that, oh, you can't mm-hmm. like anime and be a Christian oh, yeah. or you can't be an uber fan on something and worship God or whatever, you know. And it's just like that is so ignorant because you don't even know what the thing is that you're pr- protesting. Right. I mean, if and you, if you have a conviction about it, great. I am more than willing to support you within that conviction right i love horror films i do i know a lot of christians who are just like i can't do that i have i take i feel convicted when i watch that they bother me i stay up all night it's like cool we don't have to talk horror what else are you into right you know and we can be cool like that but then there's some people who just want to step over that line and be like i doubt your salvation because you enjoy this thing and it's just on the other side
0: of the line where they step across the line they try to push it cram down your throat Mm -hmm. well you need to you need to be okay with this because xyz reason you know that's one thing i appreciate about our friendship that we have um like going going to our other podcast the bottom shelf you me branson and kevin were four very different individuals uh with four very different personalities and we all have our different levels of convictions and things we're okay with and we can't do. And we monitor that for each other. Like, you know, there are films that I just don't do and you, you go, all right, let's not do that. And there are films that I'm like, oh, man, this would be cool. Well, uh, this won't be good because this bothers John and this bothers Kevin. So we're just going to put that to the side because we want to find common ground for all of us to work together. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to force stuff on you because I love you because mm-hmm. I care about you. And I think that's the problem is a lot of people that forget the fact that we love as Christians are supposed to love each other and love others. And so we don't need to be a hand fisting our personal beliefs on other people. Cause there's, there's between sharing our faith and sharing our, our beliefs and then hand fisting it, but also respecting and going, Hey, let me walk you through some stuff.
1: Well, and there's also a difference between, Hey, I, this is a conviction I have, or this is a conviction I don't have. And, always being on the offensive about it Mm -hmm. or the defensive about it. I'm sorry. I said the wrong word. Yeah. Defensive about it.
0: Some people are are on the offensive about it.
1: A lot of people, if they've gotten a lot of flack for something that they are into or something that they are not into, Mm -hmm. they get immediately defensive. when It's brought up. Yeah. And that's not how we're supposed to be. So I think if a lot of people took a more, more calm approach of hey this is what i think and what i believe but i'm gonna just leave it at that Mm -hmm. that you would have a lot more open conversation with people
0: we have a we have a friend um who's calvinist and he's not like this at all no Uh, steve mcdonald but a lot of the calvinists i've dealt with over the years they are they come they have there's the stereotype of the angry calvinist and some of that stereotype stems from them always being attacked by other people for their belief. Mm-hmm. So they are aggressive and sharing it. And I feel like that's the, that's the, that's, we see that on both sides of the line. You have people who are, they have been attacked for going, this is where I, I can't do this. And so they're aggressive and just going, we sh- you shouldn't do this either. And they're aggressive and sharing it. And at the same time, on the other side, where people in their freedom are aggressive and sharing their freedom. Instead of considering each other,
2: I and I can dig that. I mean, back when I first really got saved, you know, and I was I was into the, I was in that mindset for a long period of time after that, where you know all I listened to was the extreme metal, and all I watched was horror films, and I had a lot of those aggressive conversations with people, and I my initial reaction also was to be immediately defensive, yeah. Uh, when I began to become more spiritually mature and exercising a certain amount of discernment, you know, I ultimately had to bring myself to a place of, you know, people have different thoughts on things and they don't have to be yours and yours don't have to be theirs. It's okay. If they don't dig it, that's fine. You know, find common ground somewhere else that you don't have to, just because that's your jam, it doesn't have to be their jam. You know, yeah. they don't, they don't have to be okay with horror films for you guys to get along, you yeah. know, just don't bring it up, you know, uh, it, find common ground. What's your common ground where we both love Jesus. Cool. Let's start with Jesus. Let, let, let's focus our relationship on Jesus and move out from there. See where mm. that takes us. So and, and And, you know, if you keep all your relationships Christ centered like that, you know. I feel really weird having this conversation right now because we're supposed to be talking about H.P. Lovecraft, but <laughs> I feel a spirit die. Uh, but I mean, if you, but real talk though, if you keep all your relationships Christ centered, you know, you're not going to run into those situations where people are going to be like, I doubt your salvation because you lack whatever to blur to blur. Because right. if the first thing people see is Christ in you, they can't, you know, they can't deny
0: that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So. Um, we did kind of go off the rails a little bit, but that's, I'm that's sorry. okay. I, I, I'm always more eager to talk about Jesus than I am HP Lovecraft. So and that's, that's, that's all good. good. That's balance. That is balance. So, um, back to topic a little bit, cause w- we've done this, um, a little bit cause it, it, it's, it adds into seeing Jesus, what we talk about, what we're dealing with, because sometimes the things we're into, people don't like for a variety mm. of reasons. Uh, you put out a great article, uh, earlier this month for us about, um, because there are reservations about Lovecraftian fiction, not because of just the context of it, but because, or the content of Lovecraftian fiction, but by because of the author of Lovecraftian fiction, the guy who mm-hmm. started the, the genre itself. <laughs> and uh, you did a great job going through it, talking about how um, H.P. Girl Lovecraft had some very inappropriate views on people and how he was very much a, I mean, a racist. Yeah. Um, as many people in 1910 were. How do you as an individual john looking at not just lovecraftian fiction but uh any fiction that you take part in as a whole that is not christian based how do you go how do you separate the the fiction and some of the inappropriate ideas of some individuals with what you do take in like you know your christ-centered faith um i mean Like when you know that the, the person behind it, you know there's a there's mm. individuals who have had some terrible things that they've had to in the past.
2: I'm trying, like there, I I have examples, but you know everybody is has an attachment to something, and I, sure. it's almost impossible not to step on toes when you try to use examples <laughs> when it comes to entertainment. So right. if I upset you, I'm sorry. Like what you like, but <laughs> we'll, we'll let me let me dive into this. It it it's it's the same way. You know that I can feel okay listening to the music of Elton John, mm-hmm. you know what I mean he has some beliefs that aren't are that are not my beliefs mm-hmm. he has some ideals that are not my ideals. I still like his music mm-hmm. that doesn't change the music he you know it's being able to separate the art from the artist
1: mm.
2: It's like you know Pablo Picasso not Pablo Picasso Van Gogh. He was a weird dude. Picasso was weird too. Right. But (laughs) Van Van Gogh was a very strange dude. He cut off his ear and mailed it to his girlfriend. And, but you know, we don't judge his art. You don't judge the art based off of the artist. Right. You you, you allow the art to stand for itself.
0: We were Um, recently on a, uh, another podcast called the beautiful collision. And, um, the host of it Dustin made a great point about the fact that with art and and faith, you know Leonardo, Leonardo and Raphael were amazing t- Ninja Turtles, uh, but they weren't great um, Christians, but they did a lot of Christian art, mm-hmm. and we do separate that.
2: And, and it's a similar concept. Uh, it's like I had a, like okay, for those of you who are into. Early I'm mean, sorry Late 80s early 90s Christian heavy music mm-hmm. There was a band called uh, Vengeance Rising You may or may not be Familiar with this story I, I'm not <laughs> at the moment Okay, so Vengeance Rising was one of the pr- one was one of the premier Christian thrash metal bands. You know, I knew I know Secular Cats who are super into Vengeance Rising, especially their first album Human oh, Sacrifice. Really? Yes. Um uh my uh, I had a buddy named Andy Brown who he was the one who first told me about Vengeance Rising. He's like, "Dude, if you get the if you get the chance to pick up their Human Sacrifice album." That album is amazing. He's like, I got that and it stands up to any Slayer album and yada yada wow. yada. And I'm like, cool, dig. Well, I started doing research on Vengeance Rising. Um, after their fourth album, their lead vocalist and only remaining member, uh Martinez. I can't remember his first name all of a sudden. <sighs> I want to say Edgar Martinez, but I know that's a baseball player. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You know more about that than I do, then.
2: Uh, Roger Martinez. Thank you, Google. Uh, He uh, he renounced his Christianity and became a became a Satanist. Mm. Oh, man. So. And and I was reading in an earlier uh, edition of HM magazine where somebody was talking about that situation Mm -hmm. and they were, they had written in and they had said, you know, when you're trying to introduce your friends to Christian metal and stuff like that, and they hold up, you know, human sacrifice or once dead or whatever other vengeance rising album you know what do, do you take it out of their hand and give them a mortification album or a tourniquet album or whatever and they're like no you know separate the art from the artist explain to them the situation you know that had happened and yeah what that guy's currently doing isn't okay but the lyrics on this album are incredibly appropriate do you see what i'm saying yeah, yeah. Uh, so and it's 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 the same thing you, you know you, uh, H.P. Lovecraft, yes, he was a follower of an ideology of the time called eugenics, mm-hmm. which, yes, would in turn make him racist. But, you know, his stories aren't all about racism. Right. You know, so it's just like separate the art from the artist.
0: Right. You got to. And because, you know, because again, if we didn't, there's a lot of things we have to throw out. Uh, most recently, uh, I don't know if you heard about this. Do you know, are you familiar with uh, Brady Goodwin, the fanatic? Uh, no, sir. He's one of the founding fathers of uh, I call him a founding fathers, one of the founding members of Cross Movement, uh, the Christian okay. rock, uh, rap band from not rap band, rap group. From, I, I'm familiar uh,
2: with the Cross Movement. I, yeah, okay.
0: yeah, Fanatic was he's big. I mean, he's he is a main stage individuals in the Christian hip hop world, and he recently denounced his faith. Mm. Oh, really? And oh, yeah, it's. It cut me deep, man. I have I have some of his albums here in, in that in the house. But um, um, it makes me sad that he's done that. But does it what he says today make the truth any less of the truth? Right. No, it doesn't. He was still a great artist. His truth was the truth was still the truth back then. Um, even if it's another artist now named the truth. Uh, <laughs> and um but um but going back, if we were to do the same thing we do with other people. Uh, to the people in the bible david i mean he ended up messing up majorly do we throw out all the good stuff he did do we throw out the psalms and the proverbs one of the proverbs with the psalms that he wrote
1: well the proverbs because
0: the proverbs were were uh were solomon, but solomon
1: solomon was a result of mm-hmm. also
2: solomon had a bad time too
0: yeah he, yeah, yeah he did
1: yeah he he wasn't i mean he was good but he wasn't
0: so there is a level of even the scriptures. There's a separation of like, yeah, this is this is who they were. This is the good. This is the bad. This is the ugly, and this is what glorifies Christ all the way through. I think mm-hmm. as
1: long as you acknowledge the the bad stuff, right? It's and, not like you go, yeah, it's there, but I'm choosing to separate. Right. That it's okay. The people who like skim over it and they're like, eh, yeah. it's it's okay. That's that's an issue. Yeah.
0: Now acknowledging yeah. that this is a, we're talking about H.P. Lovecraft here who was agnostic or atheist you know he had no love for christ literally but at the same time we do that with so many other things so many forms of entertainment um there's a lot of people who man they are deep into into the nfl and i promise you the nfl has no love for jesus no say it again for the people in the back (laughs) No.
1: i'm i'm Purposefully staying off of a soapbox
0: with that. Well, one. I mean, such as the NFL. I mean, it's anything. You know, you get people who are all into certain clothing lines, and they will they'll walk around as walking billboards for clothing lines. I guarantee you, Air Apostle has no love for Jesus. Walmart <laughs> has no love for Jesus. Well, I mean, let's 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 go apples for apples here. Walmart let's, let's...
1: needs Jesus. Sorry. What was that? Walmart needs Jesus.
2: Hmm. Okay, I'm gonna step around that soapbox <laughs> that I can step up on now, but. All right. Uh but let's 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 talk apples for apples here. I mean, you know, let's let's talk about one of Lovecraft's contemporaries, you know. Uh that is praised by uh literary history. Uh, Edgar Allan Poe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That dude married his 14-year-old cousin. Uh he was a raging drug addict mm-hmm. as well as an alcoholic
1: which is probably why some of his stuff is so very bizarre.
2: So, I mean, but you don't hear people say, "Oh, you know, you shouldn't read you know, Edgar Allan Poe because he was a raging drug addict who married his 14-year-old cousin, you know." Right.
1: I have. But those people are, are <laughs> But I mean, it's specific. not it's not as
2: predominant as yeah, you would hear no, it's about.
1: Not, it's not.
0: Yeah. So, all right, well, guys, there's a lot to chew on here in this first segment. Dom, Dom. We're going to take a quick commercial break. and We'll come back. Um, I want John to give us some recommendations as a resident, um, the um, lift crafty and expert here. And John, I'd like for you to give us some recommendations for those who are maybe they're interested in it, but they don't want to get too deep in some of the, the darker stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also some because I know that you also have some examples of some Christian little crafting fiction so some examples of that and uh (laughs) and so we'll be right back after this commercial break this podcast is a proud member of culture
2: box whether you enjoy geeky reviews comedy or original fiction you can open up the culture box and find something excellent for your soul point your web browser to culturebox.media
1: Okay, and we are back. Uh, check out whoever we promote in the thing. I don't know who Dallas is going to choose.
2: I love that people. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> they, are some of my, they are some of my favorite whatever it was.
1: So, yeah, we like all the people we play ads for. And I think most of them we actually have a personal relationship with. Yep, we do. So we like them. We're friends with them. Go check them out.
2: Be friends with them, too.
1: Be friends with them too, because they are cool people. Our friends should be your friends. And so if you're
2: not and if they're not, you're probably not actually a Christian.
1: Dang. Oh <laughs> no. No. Go See, back to the front of the podcast, John. Discussion.
2: <laughs> that was the joke. Come on, everybody. I'm being ironic. I'm from Washington State, so obviously I'm a hipster.
1: Oh, gotcha. Obviously. Yep. That's a true story. Mm. Anyway, so you're missing your flannel though.
2: Am I? That was a jerk.
1: <laughs> I mean, maybe I it's just tied
2: that. around my waist right now.
1: Oh, no, that's a possibility. That is a possibility. Okay. So, uh, we're into the section of the show where John's going to be giving us some recommendations of books that.
2: So many recommendations. It, to get
1: into Lovecraftian fiction. Now, I know that you've recommended one for me, and I've started it, and so far I am enjoying it. Um. But what what are some other recommendations or that one? Just, you know, recommendations go.
2: I only recommend good things, Celeste. You should know this already.
1: I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Maybe.
2: That reaction kind of got me curious, but we'll leave that for another day. Um, <clears throat> all right. Recommendations how 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 do we want to branch off these recommendations you want me to just fire them off list wise or
0: um how about
1: give a give a title and if it's one that you've read give us a quick why you liked it okay or why it's a good recommendation for someone wanting to get into the genre
2: okay well the first step in if you want to like dive in on the on the OG funk stuff but you don't want to just dive right into dusty old books i have the uh lovecraftian anthology number one which is actually
0: comics
2: oh it's a a graphic novel of lovecraftian stories sweet so if if you if you if you want to kind of dip into the lovecraft but satisfy your comic book cravings that'd be the way that i would dip into it Especially, Maybe. especially uh, when a lot of Lovecraftian stuff, he describes the creatures as being undescribable.
1: <laughs> that's that's very unhelpful.
2: It's undescribable. Let me draw that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, but for the purists out there, um, it's a little bit expensive, but I recommend it. It's the complete works of H.P. Lovecraft. You can buy all his stuff in one collected book. It's, you know, just about a, th- just over a thousand pages long. Oh, wow. But it has everything by him in it. Like so
0: some
1: light reading.
0: I feel like that's more than what, because uh, Barnes Noble has a, lovecraft uh, collection that's a special case together it's Mm -hmm.
1: it's in a very nice leather bound
2: that was what i was looking for when i was shopping for it but i came up with this one and they both have the entire collection in them so you know whatever's clever yeah um one that's Lovecraft light more on the forbidden knowledge and what actually is reality less on the less on the, there is no God, there is no hope concepts mm-hmm. is a book by that. I highly recommend to anybody love who are want Lovecraft and fiction or just a really good book that has an incredibly mind bending plot to it. It's called night film by Marisha Pessl. Hmm. I'm I, for those of you at home. I'm I, we are on audio on video doing this and I'm showing pictures of the covers. I just happened to accidentally get a, a signed copy of it. <gasps>
0: nice.
1: That's fun. I've, I've heard I, of things like that happening.
2: I, uh, and it's got a little sticker that says signed copy. Um, <laughs> I, I had originally bought that book as a birthday present for my sister. Cause we have a tradition where when it's her birthday or Christmas, um, I will do two things. I will buy her a Barnes and Noble gift card so she can get a, a book for her nook. And then I will buy her a book that I think she should read. Um, and I originally bought this for her. And then I, I saw that it was a signed copy and I said, Nope, this is mine now. And I ended up buying <laughs> it again for her. <laughs>
1: all the books belong to me.
2: Hey, you know, if you get us, if you get an autographed version of a book that you sincerely enjoy, right. You're probably not going to give that away. If you don't already (laughs) have one,
1: probably not.
2: Um, let's see here. What else? I think that, okay. So there is a series a a three, a three book series so far, there's going to be more in the future. Um, that I highly enjoy uh language wise it can be rough for some people because mm-hmm. it is it, it's it's a lot like you would what you would expect from a a book that would be entitled uh Harold and Kumar meet Cthulhu oh. <laughs> that's, oh
1: that's not,
2: that's not the actual name of the book but I mean that that's the kind of like that's what you can <laughs> I just broke Celeste
1: no I'm just picturing this <laughs>
2: But uh, that that, that that's 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 kind the kind of story that you're in for when it comes to this book series. Um, but it's written by an author using the pen name David Wong, right? And oh,
1: yeah,
2: and the first book is called John Dies at the End, and it's called the John Dies at the End series. But none of the rest of them are called that. It's John Dies at the End. The second book is this book is full of spiders, and then the third book is called What the Hell Did I Just Read?
1: Ah. <laughs> I mean, at least it sets the expectations.
2: It does. But it, it, it it's it's one of those books that is so absurd. It cycles back around to being intelligent again. Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah. you it, would har- recommend the recommended the John dies at the end. I think that the author actually is no longer going under the pen name because um, when I was looking for it, I was like, this is not david wong i
2: i I don't know i don't know that i I don't know
1: (laughs) (laughs) if you google it and it doesn't say david wong but it is called john dies at the end it's probably the same book
2: uh i i can tell you don't watch the movie the movie is trash oh really yeah i i well here's the thing i enjoyed the movie until i read the book and i realized how much they left out and how much better it could have been. Mm-hmm. So this is the, why yeah. you
1: always watch the movie first so that you can enjoy the movie and then you Hate have so much more extra content <laughs> when you read the book. So,
2: That's fair. Uh, so there's that series. Um, as far as if you want, if if there's people out there who are specifically in only read Christian literature, that's fine uh i talked to my good buddy steve mcdonald who is everything i want to be as a christian right and uh he recommended two authors uh george mcdonald no relation and then charles williams i've not read anything by either of those authors myself so this is completely coming from steve i can't validate them with my own opinion um there is an author whom I used to be friends with on Facebook. And I say that only because we haven't talked to each other for several years, not because we're specifically not friends with each other anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh, His name is Tom Pollack. He wrote two books. Uh, The first was vanish. Um, And the second was the sequel to vanish, which was called in the Valley of the shadow. Mm. Both of those are fantastic. Um, and actually, if you are a fan of playing games with strangers, uh, and you heard the episode that has been dubbed as my birthday episode, which is a, uh, episode where we do a call of Cthulhu format, um, there are large ideas that I pulled out of vanish that I mm. used in that in that episode, I can't recommend those books enough. I th- as soon as I get that book got th- as soon as Vanish got its hooks into me, mm. I literally I think I read it over the course of three days. Just oh, wow, yeah, could not stop reading it because you think it's one thing and it turns out to something else. It's like oh my goodness, and then they made a sequel and it's like ah, <laughs> and then finally for more famous authors that people would recognize, I would throw out. Uh, showdown by ted decker okay Hmm. um that has a lot of not cthulhu a lot of lovecraftian feels to it as well with things of forbidden knowledge and what actually is reality versus perceived reality things like that right yeah good times (laughs)
0: was that enough recommendations
2: you want me to keep going (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think it's good man movie wise um I would there was a movie that came out recently that I just loved to pieces that was based off of an HP Lovecraft story called The Color Out of Space which is starring Nicolas Cage and uh I've been told about that if you want to hear a review on it, uh, me and Ben Avery did a review over on uh, Strangers and Aliens. Mm-hmm. Uh, so go ahead and check that episode out if you want to hear more about it or just go watch it. I will put a disclaimer at the beginning of it, like because that is a Lovecraft-based story. It's bleak and grim. <laughs> <laughs> So I would say I would say if you were bothered by seeing The Thing by uh, by um, uh, John Carpenter, I can't believe I spaced his name. If you're bothered by seeing The Thing by John Carpenter, probably mm-hmm. not going to be your jam. But if you dig John Carpenter's The Thing, have at it. You're going to love that movie.
0: Really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. hmm. Interesting.
1: I'm glad to hear a different recommendation because the the person that we we know that has been talking about it I don't always agree about movies with right Mm. so it's nice Um, to hear a second
2: I will (laughs) say for you Celeste because I know Mm -hmm. you personally Mm -hmm. you will probably like the sci-fi in it oh yeah but have another upbeat movie to watch after you watch that movie
1: gotcha so not a right before bed movie no (laughs) 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 <laughs> that's like we've been watching um, when we were prepping for for Cthulhu We've been going through on HBO Max uh, Lovecraft Country. Oh, and that's I wish one, I could watch that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We had one episode that we were like, oh, this then that might have been the last episode we watched. Um, so but it's super dark and so it's like okay we're gonna watch this but now we're gonna watch bleach (laughs) before Um, we go to bed
2: (laughs) the book the book for Lovecraft Country Mm -hmm. fantastic Uh, I will say that the HBO series adds certain things to it that aren't in the book Mm -hmm. so that being said the book fantastic I actually want at some point when I'm not afraid of him I actually, I actually want to uh, have Carlos read that book and I want to have a discussion with him. Well,
1: there, oh, yeah. you, there you go, I, Mr. Carlos Renfro. You have been requested.
2: <laughs> I Car, And Carlos, if you're listening, I love you, man. It's nothing to do with you, it has everything to do with me and I don't know you well and I'm afraid of people I don't know.
0: <laughs> you literally said it's not you, it's me. Yeah.
2: <laughs> It's not you. It's my broken brain. Uh,
0: <laughs> but yeah, uh,
2: Lovecraft Country by uh, by Matt Huff, I believe, is who wrote that. Matt Fantastic Huff. book. Um, can't recommend it enough. It also, uh, another reason to listen to that is because, because there is so much backlash on Lovecraft being – racist uh mm-hmm. that book actually is what you would call anti-racist because it comes right. completely from in a uh, black perspective
1: yeah
2: um which, which another which another story which i believe michael can't i don't know how to pronounce his last name menachi yes michael menachi sorry mike uh he read a recommendation i gave him called the ballad of black tom huh. yeah also a fantastic story for lovecraftian
0: fans nice very cool okay all right guys well i think that's our episode for today hope you guys have enjoyed it um obviously john here is part of our geek Devices team but you can find him other places such as playing games with strangers uh and also the bottom shelf i love how you said playing
2: games with strangers almost singing the melody as you said it right
1: i i was having to stop myself from breaking into the theme song because the theme song is so catchy
0: <laughs> that song's a bop it is a bop <laughs> it is a bop so all right so um anything we need to announce
1: check out our merch check out our merch we have Cthulhuary merch and it's so cute
0: <laughs> yep it's true we have a mug up on the store that you guys can get we
1: do and and hopefully soon we will have a shirt but not right now right um yeah i think that's it
0: all right cool beans well so let's land the plane
1: okay thank you so much for taking the time to listen to calm talk today if you have loved this episode head on over to apple podcast or spotify to subscribe rate and leave a review it is very much appreciated so until next time stay devoted
0: peace and love